Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. What I love about God is that His Word is Himself. God's Word is Himself. When we read the Word of God, we are feeding on God. It's the Word reflects the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is God. He is the person of God come in the flesh. He is the Word of God. So whenever we read the Word of God, we are getting Jesus in us, the Word of God in us. And it really feeds us and makes us strong. You know, the whole entire Bible is about one person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be sharing about that person this morning. Um, God's been speaking to me about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be sharing this morning. I want to encourage you. Open up your hearts, open up your spirits, whatever the miracle that God, you want God to do for you, it's available for you this morning, amen. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 17, verses 11, and this is what it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, everybody say the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Okay, so what this is saying is that the life of a person is in the blood. Everybody say the blood. Okay, so when the scripture says that Jesus gave his life for us, what, is it, what, what else is saying is that Jesus gave his blood for us because life is in the blood. Amen? So um, the body without the blood will simply die. If you take the blood out of a person, that person would die, okay? And the function of a blood is to transport oxygen and nutrients and all the good things into our body. And it also, um, it takes out all the waste and everything that does not belong in our body. That's like what the blood of Jesus does for us. He gives us life, eternal life. He gives us all the good things, all the blessings of God in our lives and he takes away our sin. He wipes away our sin. That's what the blood of Jesus does, amen? And so nothing else can cleanse us from our sins but the blood of Jesus Christ, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, I truly believe that this is the greatest miracle that God has ever done for the entire human race is washing our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater than that. There's nothing greater, and um, as the blood to the body is life, so Jesus is life to our mind, body, and soul. To those who believe, Jesus becomes life to us, amen? And so in the old covenant, so before Jesus came into this world, what they, what they would used to do is that um, the high priest once a year would take up a bull, a ram, and two goats, and sacrifice that for the sin of Israel. And basically, the bull was sacrificed for the sins of Aaron and his entire family. The ram was sacrificed as a burnt offering. And then you've got two goats, okay? One goat was sacrificed before the Lord, and one goat was, um, was released into the wilderness. And what would happen is that Aaron, the priest, would lay his hands on that goat and begin to confess all of the sins of Israel upon that goat's head. And then he would release that goat into the wilderness. And they call that goat the scapegoat. 
And so basically, it represents God removing the sin from Israel. And we understand that Jesus became our scapegoat. He is the Lamb of God that, we, um, that has taken away the sin of the world. So that's what they would used to do. But because the people, they continued to rebel against God, they continued to sin. Like this was one day in the whole entire year that their sins was forgiven. And I, I thought about it as like, we got one day to, to have your sins cleansed. But what about every other day? You know what I mean? But, you know, the people, they continue to rebel. They continue to walk in unbelief. And so God brought a better covenant. I say God better brought a covenant. Amen. And Jesus Christ is the better covenant. And I turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 6. This is what it says. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. Everybody say a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them, by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that day, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is coming obsolete is now growing old and is ready to vanish away. And I love that. So Jesus has become our high priest and he has become our sacrifice. He himself gave himself up as an offering, as the atonement towards God in order for us to be saved, in order for us to be cleansed. He did it all. He gave his, his life for us. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2.13 that we are brought near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that our sins, they separate us from God. When we sin, we are in a way separated by, from the Father. But when the blood of Jesus comes, when his blood is here, he has brought us near to God. Amen. Amen. That's why the blood is so powerful, because it cleanses us and it makes us pure and holy. And Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 24. It says, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance, like the blood of Abel. Did you know that the blood speaks? The blood of Jesus speaks. You know, when it says in the Bible that when um, Cain killed his brother Abel, that God said to Cain, Cain, I hear the voice of your brother crying out to me from the ground. And what that voice was saying, vengeance. But, you know, we know that Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they, not know, they do not know what they do. The blood of Jesus speaks forgiveness. It speaks healing. 
It speaks deliverance. It speaks redemption. It speaks you are clean and you're not dirty. The blood of Jesus speaks that we are a child of the living God, that nothing um, can separate us from God's love. The blood of Jesus is a representation of God's love for humanity, for us here today. Let's give the Lord an awesome hand this morning for that. Praise the Lord. So his blood silences the accuser of the brethren, the devil himself. We understand at the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ put the devil to shame by hanging on that cross for us. Amen. So the devil, the blood of Jesus silences the accuser of the brethren. There is only one remedy for sin. There is only one remedy that can wipe out every single sin in our lives, every single sickness in our lives, every torment, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't need no vaccine. We need the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that protects us, that keeps us safe from the enemy. You know, we don't need um, to be counseled. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to set us free from those demons. Amen? Amen. So Jesus took upon himself every sin and every sickness and disease and nailed it to the cross. He took it all. There is, you know, why did it have to be Jesus? I asked this question, Lord, why did it have to be Jesus? Why couldn't it be Moses? Why couldn't it be Abraham? One of these great men of God, David, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, because their blood was stained with sin. They were, they had sin in their lives. There was only one person that walked the entire world that was sinless. There was only one person that was the, the perfect candidate for God, to, uh, for, for humanity to have a sacrifice before God. Jesus Christ is that person. He lived a sinless life. He lived a, uh, a life that was perfect before the, before the face of the world, before God, and yet we still crucified him. So the very blood of Jesus is the very blood of God himself. I want you to grasp that. The very blood of Jesus is the very blood of God himself. Jesus is God in the flesh. Okay, so God himself brought salvation for mankind. And this is why Paul the Apostle says, I boast in nothing except the cross of Jesus Christ. He boasted nothing. Paul was an educated man. He had all the knowledge about the Bible. He was a man that was well established in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in those days. But he says, I forsake all for Jesus Christ. I give up all for the kingdom of God, for his purposes. And so Jesus himself took the sins of mankind. We can't boast in ourselves. He has done it all. He is victorious. Amen. This, and John the Baptist, he cried out when he saw Jesus come to the Jordan, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John recognized that Jesus was the sacrifice of God. He said, Behold him. Here he comes. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is our Passover Lamb, the one who takes our sins away. When Jesus was in debate with the Jews in the Bible, it says in John chapter 8, verses 16, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. But the Jews, they said, how, how could Abraham have seen you? Not even 50. You know, but Jesus was referring to, you know, when Abraham was taking Isaac up to Mount Moriah to be sacrificed, when God told him to give me Isaac. And so, Isaac, on their way to the mountain, said, Father, where is the offering? Abraham said, God will provide an offering. 
And indeed, God provided an offering. We, uh, and we will continue to read, it says that God provided a ram that was caught in the thorns. And we understand that this is a prophetic message of Jesus Christ, crowned with thorns, given up as a sacrifice for God on the very mountain that, um, that uh, Abraham sacrificed that ram, Mount Moriah, is where Jesus was sacrificed. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God. Um, how do we apply the blood? Revelations chapter 12, verses 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Everybody say, the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. So the blood of the Lamb is available. Jesus Christ has already shed his blood for us. All we got to do is we got to declare what the blood does for us and what the blood has done for us. Amen? Okay, so Jesus has finished his work on the cross. You know, when God was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, they had to kill a lamb, the Passover lamb, and they, they poured that blood into a basin. And basically what they had to do is apply the blood to the two doorposts and the lentils of the door in order for them to be saved from the judgment of God. I want to say to you like that, the blood of the lamb is ready. It's in the basin. But what we must do is take the hyssop, put it in, and strike it on our lives. Amen. And that's the word of our testimony. That's us declaring that the blood has redeemed us. The blood has set us free. By the blood of Jesus, we are healed. So let's begin and declare the, the word of God. So, you know, that's why it says that it pleased the Lord in Isaiah 53 that Jesus would die for us. It pleased God that he would go through this. And, you know, it's, it's by the blood of Jesus that we are made right with God. It says that God will see the labor of his soul and his sacrifice, and he will be satisfied. We are the labor of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are the fruit of the work of the cross. Each and every one of us that believes in Jesus Christ, we are the work of Jesus Christ, his labor. And he, no, he did not die in vain. So God is reaping his fruit through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is an awesome thing. Through the blood of Jesus, we are justified of sin, okay? Just as if we've never sinned. That's what it means. So by faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross, we are made righteous before God. Okay, so what does the blood of Jesus does for us? He restores our relationship with God. He restores our relationship with God. And Colossians chapter 1, verses 20, it says, By him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of, the, of his cross. So his blood has brought us peace with God. His blood has mended our relationship with God. His blood has brought us out of slavery, out of sin, out of death. We can freely come into God's presence through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, when God forgives our sins, He forgets our sins. He forgets our sins. When God forgives you of your sins, when you come before God and you confess your sins before God and you turn away from that sin, God forgets your sin. And the problem is we don't forget our sin. We don't believe that God has forgotten our sin. And so therefore, we go back into that sin. The Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we must believe. 
That's why the Bible says that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We need to believe in him. That's all, that's, that's all that God is asking from us. Believe that Jesus Christ has washed us in his blood, that has washed us of all our sins. Believe in him, turn from our sins, and believe that God forgets our sins. Amen. I wrote this down. We don't have a sin problem. We have a believing problem. Sin is not a problem to God. It's not a problem to us. Sin has been defeated by the cross of Jesus Christ. So we don't need to be walking around trying to like, try not to sin. No, we just got to believe that Jesus Christ has won sin and death once and for all. We just got to believe. Amen. So sin has been defeated. The light has come. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So number two, what does the blood do for us? The blood of Jesus heals our bodies and soul. Okay, when Jesus was receiving the lashes on his back, what we, what we were doing is we were receiving our healing. Every lash, we were receiving our healing. Our healing for our sickness, our healing for our diseases, our healings for our broken bodies. His body was beaten and lashed so that we could be healed. It says that by his stripes, we are healed. Healing is for us today. Amen. So I want to say that the blood of Jesus is greater than COVID-19. Can I get an amen? The blood of Jesus is greater than cancer. The blood of Jesus is greater than any sickness, than leukemia. Anything that's in this world, the blood of Jesus can wipe away and can heal every single person that calls on the name of Jesus Christ. That whoever believes in him will be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you believe it this morning, church? Amen. His blood heals our torment, our minds. When they thrust the crown of thorns on his head, the blood that, that, that dripped down from his head was for the torments and the, the anxiety, the depression, the things that go on in our minds. His blood has healed us from all mental illness. If you want to be healed of mental illness, declare the blood of Jesus Christ. Begin to speak the blood of Jesus Christ. Declare it over your mind. Declare it that you are not anxious, but you have peace with God. The blood of Jesus has brought peace in our minds, in our hearts. Amen. Every emotional pain, every traumatic pain, every hurt, Everything that we've gone through, Jesus Christ has brought healing through his blood. His blood is sufficient for you. Nothing is impossible with God. Number three, lastly, the blood of Jesus, it protects us. It protects us. Okay, we see in Exodus, when the people of Israel were coming out of Egypt, they had to, they had to apply the blood to the two doorposts and the lentils of their door. This represents the blood of Jesus. And in order for them to be saved from the judgment of God, they needed to apply the blood of Jesus and stay in their house, okay? We see this in Joshua chapter 2. When Joshua was the new leader of Israel, Moses had died, and they were going through, and they came to the, to the city of Jericho. The judgment of God uh, was coming to Jericho, and there was a woman in the city of Jericho named Rahab, and she was a harlot. And two spies came into the city of Jericho, and basically Rahab invited them in and she believed that the judgment of God was coming 
was coming for Jericho. And so she believed in her heart that, you know, I've got I've to put my faith and trust in the God of Israel. I've heard about God bringing them out through the Red Sea. God um, destroying the kings before Israel. You know, I need to take my chance. So she believed in them and she pleaded for her life. She said, save me and my family. So she was commanded by those two spies. Okay, this is what you got to do. Get the scarlet cord, wrap it around the window that we go down, and stay in the house. That scarlet cord was a representation of the blood of Jesus Christ. And they had to stay in the house. Okay, otherwise, if they, if they, didn't, if they didn't plead the blood of Jesus and stay in the house, they would have gone away with the wrath and the judgment of God. They would have died. Okay, now let me explain. Let me explain. When, when she bound, when she bind a scarlet cord on a window, that was the blood of Jesus. Staying in the house represents abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ, okay? If she did not stay in the house, the blood would, have, would not have been of, of any effect, okay? So we must plead the blood of Jesus, declare what the blood does, and we must abide in Christ, okay? Remember Noah, when God saved Noah, only Noah and his family, and the judgment of God came and flooded the world. Noah had to stay in the ark, the ark representing Christ. We must abide in Jesus Christ. And so abiding in Christ means the forsaking of this world. It means being in this world but not of this world. It means repenting from our sins, turning away from our, wrong, um, our wrongdoings, turning towards God and believing in God. That's what abiding in Christ means. In John chapter 15, verses 6, Jesus says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Talking about us, um, if we don't abide in Christ, we are burned like the rest of this world. Okay, we must abide in Christ. 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The Bible says that if anyone continues to live in him, they will not sin. If we live in God, if we live in Jesus Christ, we will not sin. We will not be a slave of sin. Okay? I'm going to finish off on this scripture. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 16. If you can turn to your Bibles there. Now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made is dead, who made it is dead. Has anyone here ever received a will before from parents or grandparents? Yeah. It says here, the will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot put into effect. Okay, in other words, what it's saying that, so basically when you write a will, like when, we, when, when our parents write a will, when they die, that everything that's written in that will gets given to their children. Does that make sense? And so those children inherit the will of their parents. So what this verse is saying is that um, the will comes into pass when the person that wrote the will dies. Jesus Christ was the will of God. He said, I have come to do the will of my Father. What was written for us? Blessing, not cursing healed not sick saved not forgotten healed of all rejection through the blood of jesus christ through his death he has made the will of god come to pass 
And another thing about the will is that you can't earn the will. It's given freely. We just receive it. God's grace is given freely. We don't need to try to earn God's um, forgiveness, try and earn God's grace. We just got to receive it. Simple, believe. I feel the presence of God so strong in this place. I feel Him so strong. You just got to receive it. The enemy wants to bring unbelief. The enemy wants to tell you that, no, the sickness, I hold you bound in the sickness. No, believe that the will of God, Jesus Christ, has won for your sickness. He has won, he has wiped away all of your sins. And I love God so much. Don't you love God? Amen. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.